Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. From Channel Side Drive, where Lord Stanley Cup rests. Time to down the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. Travel across the bridge to St. Pete to find our American League champs. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. And get ready to fire the cannon. Blob pass toward the end zone. Gronkowski makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. What a great grab by Gronk. Because it's time for another episode of Play the Bay. Play the Bay. Hello and welcome back to Play of the Bay. I hope you guys had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I'm Kaylee and I'm here with Chip and Evan. How how were your holiday weekends, you guys? Still it full, was, man. Uh, <clears throat> it was Still fantastic. Full, right? Yeah, lots of turkey, <laughs> lots of tryptophan, lots of uh, beer and, and whiskey. Uh, yeah, I'm Thanksgiving down. I'm pretty good. How about you? Yeah. How about you, Chip? Buddy, no, exact same thing. Uh, it's napping in football season. You know, that's pretty much November. It's great. You get to see family a little bit, talk to them, and then, you know, we kind of get in our, our football zone. I want to get a couch, get me comfy, let me sit down, digest, and watch the games. That's all I want to do. They weren't that bad of games. I don't know. What did you guys think? Were they, they were okay. I thought they were fine. Ooh. Like, they – they didn't look great on paper. Obviously, we didn't get the Steelers-Ravens yeah. game on Thanksgiving, which was supposed to be, like, the highlight of the Thanksgiving games anyways. But they were better. I mean, I was intrigued, at least, at some point in both games. So. Oh, yeah. We got to congratulate you for that Washington pick, by the way. Thank you. Thank Very you. Much the, lone the, the, lone, the lone wolf strikes again, and it was... <laughs> yeah, I was pretty happy about it. I The, the rest of the weekend kind of got away from me, but I was pretty happy to be 2-0 and on Thanksgiving, so... There you go. You Thanksgiving know, is know. a time to uh, either Thanksgiving is a time to, to be with the family and to just, um, yeah, just to be with the family. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, we've got 24 days until we have to get back to family. Yeah. So, you know, enjoy it while yes. we can. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let, let's dive in to this weekend because the Buccaneers lost another game. Um, 24 to 27, two weeks in a row, same score. Um, you know, they lost to the Chiefs, which is is logical. I don't think it's a surprise. Um, they're a team that tends to beat the teams that they should beat and lose v- very brutally to the teams that are above 500, right? So um, a little bit of interesting tidbits came out of this game. Obviously, the news today is about play calling, right? So Bruce Arians talked to the NFL Network um kind of hinted that Brady I wouldn't want to say hinted but basically flat out said Brady's been calling plays um what I mean what do you guys make of this because I feel like we were all kind of putting it on Byron Leftwich but now um knowing that Brady's impact on the play calling is a little bit deeper than just having an audible menu and calling audibles every now and again it really seems like the the scheme is kind of in his hands, which is not really what I think a lot of people were under the impression of until this week. So I, I don't know. Is, is it, what are we experiencing? Is it, is it Brady that we should put the blame on? Or are we still, we're still leaning on Bruce and, and Byron Lefwich or I don't know. What's up? 
I mean, I think as a as a player coming to a new organization, you don't know the system. Tom Brady, yes, is a great quarterback, and he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's won six Super Bowls. But if I'm the coach and I'm the coordinator, I kind of feel like you should be able to run the game flow and, and let Tom audible if he sees something, and then you can be held accountable for the results. Bruce Arians and, and Tom Brady seem to either have a, a – it seems like a rough relationship right now. In the beginning, it, it seemed good and okay, but I don't know if we'll truly – I know that Bruce Arians is saying this, but, I mean, is he changing the complete plays or is he still keeping it past that it was a pass maybe to Godwin and instead he's looking at Evans? Or I mean, we'll never know kind of the deep, the deeper play call and how it works. But I think as a coach and a coordinator, you should be running the show and Tom can have an audible menu. And he's good enough. He's earned that respect to be able to do that. But why would you do that to somebody who's been in one, one organization their entire career? You change everything, and then you bring him here and expect him to run the whole show. I don't know why you do that. It just seems to me like now we're at a point where when they keep losing – and listen, if you lose to the defending champs, it's nothing to really hang your head about. It's nothing to really be sad about. And then – you know, granted, they were de- down 17 to nothing in the first half, and then they come back the way they did. That's, you know, it's, that's not too bad. But we're at a point in this, you know, we're in week 12 where now we're pointing fingers when they lose. Okay, it's yeah. it's Tom Brady's fault. It's Bruce Arians' fault. It's Byron Leftwich's fault. So it it's, you know, most of this stuff that we're hearing is from the talking heads in ESPN for for clicks and clickbait. That's that's what we're trying. We're getting all this information from is, okay, who, how can we, we can get people to tune into our, our shows and our, our station. But so we don't really know what really goes behind the scenes because Tom Brady's shrugging, shrugging it off is, you know, our relationship is fine. And then Bruce Arians is saying our relationship is fine. I think what they need to really come to really fruition is in this bye week is come together in the war room and just sit down and be like, okay, these are the plays that we're going to call for next week. And you know, the, the next four games are, are winnable that they could go a four. No, for the next four games, they play the Falcons twice. They've got Detroit and Minnesota. Minnesota scares me a little bit because they've been playing a little bit better, but these are, these are winnable games to go four and all the way into the playoffs. So, but when it comes to who's, who's calling the plays, it's like, we don't know, and we'll we'll never know because honestly, I don't think Byron Leftwich is calling any kind of plays. He's just there, and to, to think he could be a yeah. head coach and waiting would scare me too. If Bruce Aaron says, "Hey, I think I'm going to be done after this season. I don't think I'm going to coach the Bucks anymore," and they're saying Byron's going to take over, I would be scared out of my mind for him to take over because I don't think he's ready at all. I don't think he's even ready to be an offensive coordinator. So I, it's just it kind of bugs me that we have to hear there's conflicts about who is calling the plays. And when, when I, yeah. in the second half, it looked like they were getting it together, but you know, if you're going to put the blame game, it's, it's, you got to put it on all sides. It can't be on just on Tom Brady. It just can't be on Bruce Arians. It can't be on um, Byron Leftwich. It's got to be as a collective. And there's so many other issues that they have to fix, not only on the offensive offensive side, but also the defensive sides, which got torched again, <laughs> <laughs> by another team that has great wide receivers. So instead of like, instead of really hammering on the offensive side, let's, why aren't we like talking? Why aren't we hammering the defense? Which I don't know what has happened because when they first started the season, they were one of the top defenses in the league. And now they just look like they're in shambles. So 
That's, well, I mean, that's you what take I got. the teams, the teams they're losing to. I mean, these are not bad teams. These are all good football teams. So if you look at it, they're the the grand scheme of things, what they've lost to the Saints twice. And then we they had the loss to Kansas City. And then they lost to um Chicago, what was the other team? Which is Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, I mean, which was yeah, which was uh, you know, that was kind of a, a, a silly game. It, it, uh-huh. you know, wow, it happened. But um, so you know, they can get it together. But L. Bushman, I think you're right. This is the most important bye week of the franchise. I mean, history that I can think of in the past couple yeah. of weeks. They need to all calm down. Everybody get to their corners. Take 24, 48 hours to yourselves and get in the room and figure out what you can do to get into the playoffs and get to the big dance, and then you can make some things happen. Yeah, for yep. sure. And I, I, I do think it's interesting because his comments were, you know, he's been calling the plays offensively for weeks during the week in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage. And it's like, I, I, I do kind of wonder if maybe that is a contingency based on him coming here and with the kind of exposure he brings, not only on the field, but off the field and selling tickets and fans and all that. Um, and then, the, you know, the, the veteran status he brings to the locker room, if that was sort of a contingency saying, yeah, you know, I've been a winner for 20 years in one city, but I do want to prove that I can do it one without Belichick, but then prove that I can get there, call the plays in practice, call the plays in the huddle, call the plays of the line of scrimmage and win games. And so I do wonder if that kind of situation or um, coordination was planned out when he was being brought here. But do you think, I mean, just, you know, Based on where we are right now in the season, is Bruce Arians going to be in Tampa Bay next year? Oh, I think it'd be horrible to not have him here for the next year. But I mean, I'm just going to I'm going to leave it at that because right now, as a head coach, you've got to go grab Tom Brady and you've got to pull him aside and you got to say, "Look, I don't care what you need or how we get through this, but it's time to get through this now. So let's get together, get on the same page." Tell me what you have to do. If you ever have your coordinators over, you got to have your offensive line over, bring the whole damn team to the house and everybody sit down and get on the same page because time is running out on all this to gel. And that's what we've all been waiting. We're waiting for that moment. And now we're getting really short. It's getting, it's getting thin. So now take the bye week collect yourselves, go out and win some football games. They're all winnable. Like you said, L. Bushman, I think they can do it. I would say this too, when you know, Bucks fans in general, if when whatever you're hearing on the talking heads like ESPN and Fox Sports about Bruce Aaron should be gone next year, Tom Brady's gonna have his way and Bruce Aaron's gonna be kicked off the team. And it, it's like let's pump the brakes again. Let's 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 relax. I don't think that's gonna happen because that it's just that that wouldn't seem to me like a, a really good logical thing to do because then you have to bring in another head coach or you got to promote either Todd Bowles and or Byron Leftwich to be head coach, which I don't think they're going to do anyway. So I think, listen, we are, I think the expectations for this season was so immaculate, so high because yeah. as Bruce Arian says, they were giving us the Super Bowl trophy in August when, you know, we were, we were still bringing in people. So the expectations, which were so through the roof is like, now people are starting to wonder, Oh, are they going to be going to the Super Bowl or not? And a lot of people are like, oh, no, they're not. But I think if they don't make the, the Super Bowl, a lot of people are going to like, oh, it's it's a disaster. They got to make the playoffs first before they can get to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> or you could just uh, bring just, in Josh McDaniels maybe too. Oh, you, 
you know, it's, I think it just all the, that'd be nice. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be insane. I, I think it just depends on how they rebound on this, on this bye week and how they can get it together going forward. Because if they go, if they go four and oh, or if they go three and one, that's great. They, I just, the hope, I just hope they don't have, they don't go where they end up eight and eight. And then it's just like, okay, well, this was kind of like the team we had last year. What are we doing here? You know what I mean? It's like another beautiful disaster, which I've, I've been calling it like for the past couple of months. So I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> for sure. And we had a great comment. At this this, point. At, at, yeah. We had a great comment in our fan comments from Facebook. This team needs continuity. Um, a different coach every two to three years. You can't develop a consistent playoff team like that. That is a very good point because the teams yep. that they are losing to those really good teams that are winning, you know, season after season. And, and like the chiefs are a team that they just fit each other, right? Like they have the moving pieces they need and nothing more, nothing less. And they have that continuity. So I don't, I, it is tough. Cause I think the bucks are like in the situation that a lot of teams are right. If something doesn't click, whether that be the quarterback the coach, the GM, like whatever, they're very quick in a lot of cases to be like, oh, okay, done. And I don't think that really builds championship teams. Um, so I do think that the pieces are here. They just have to figure it out and get a little bit more consistent and feel each other out. And I think, you know, we talked last week about all the moving pieces they have and maybe shedding some of that um, going forward to make it a, a little bit tighter and a little bit more polished. Um, but I, I mean, you know, we'll see where they go. It's a young team on uh, on a lot of fronts, and then you have a lot of veteran presence. So hopefully, they uh, clean it up following the bye week. But we will jump into the bye week and the next four upcoming games for the Buccaneers a little bit later in the show. But I think we are good to welcome in our very exciting guest today. We have Dean Jensen, the father of Buccaneers center Ryan Jensen. Dean, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Hey, Dean. Hope you're feeling well. Dean there was in the is. hospital there a couple of weeks ago. How you, how you feeling? A lot better. So, I, was, so, I was down in Houston having some work done on leg. Well, that's good that you're feeling better. You know, the, my first question to you is, you know, after this loss with the Chiefs this this past uh, week, you know, what are your your thoughts on how the team is looking going forward into the bye week? Well, you taking from from any football game, like the way um, seemed like we had a little bit of trouble early. Um, the first three games, so. In the second half, <clears throat> and I think uh, the mentality of the of the team was uh, they have their confidence in what they're able to do. Okay, we're having a little bit technical, of technical, technical difficulties. difficulties there just for a second. Sorry about that. Um, you know, before we get back to Dean, I. I I want to go into the future of this team and, you know, uh -oh. the content. Oh, hear, <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out just for a second. I got you. I got you. Okay. Um, you know, 
you know, you know me when it comes to this team. It's it's it, the expectations are they start off very low, and then if they don't do well, it's it's okay. Um, I I'm almost to the point where if they go eight and eight, I, I have to say Taylor and Kaylee were right, and I don't want to say Taylor was right. I hate doing that. <laughs> and and the main the main the main reason is because. And the Wendell brothers is the continuity, the consistency with this offense. It's just up and down. We've said this before. It's up and down, up and down. They need to find that identity. And they have they still haven't found it yet. And it's like we're going in the week 13. We're we're headed into the playoffs, and you guys haven't found it just yet. And that's what scares me the most is if they can't get it together after the bye week. It's like this has been one of the most mismanaged, miscoached, misplayed. Like you, you brought in so many hands into the cookie jar and you guys couldn't figure it out. You couldn't figure it out by week 13. That, that says to me, like, what was the game plan? Like, I know Tom Brady bought it, brought in his boys Gronk and Antonio Brown, but like, you know, it's just, to me, it was like, you set yourself up for disaster to begin with. You know what I mean? It's like, what you should have just, the less is more quotation comes into, to, the whole thing is less is more. We didn't need to bring all these superstars in. We didn't need to bring Antonio Brown in. You know, you didn't need to bring all these. Co- you have like 90 some coaches on your team. You didn't, bring, you, didn't, you didn't need to bring all this, these assistants on this team because it just, it, it comes to me as a cluster F cluster mess. And that's just, it, and it, to me, it's frustrating because you're now going into week 13 where you still haven't figured it out yet. And that's what, that's what kind of makes me, kind of just iffy going forward and chip your, your Falcons and playing a little bit better too. So they could drop two to the Falcons. They, they could go Owen four after this week. And then it's just, okay, who's on the chopping block. Who are we getting rid of after that? You know what I mean? It's just like what they, they got to find it. They've got to find it. And this, and chip, you said this correctly. It is a pivotal bye week to figure it yeah. out. And that's what they need to do. All right. I'm going to yeah. bring Dean back. in. It looks like he's got, okay. uh, there we go. All right, Dean. Can you hear us now, Dean? Is that any better, guys? <laughs> a little bit better. Little there bit you better. go. I okay. may have to take you out again, but it's okay. So, you know, going back to that first question, you know, going into this bye week um, and the loss to the Chiefs, which, you know, like I said before, it's it's not a bad loss. You're losing to the Super Bowl champs. What do you think the Bucks need to do into this bye week just to, to get out of this inconsistency with the offense and the defense not performing? Well, what do they need to do to – really go 4-0 the, the rest of the way into the season going into the playoffs? I think it's all about execution and about take personal responsibility for uh, what you can do better on every, you know, at every position. You know, it's, it's, all, it's a team win. It's a team loss. I know that uh, it, it's kind of a popular thing to pick it apart and try to figure out what part of the game isn't functioning as well as other parts of the game. But to me, it's just about each player taking personal responsibility. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Dean. I know uh, uh, your son, Ryan, obviously, is, is having a great year thus far and uh, has been really pivotal on the, on the offensive line for the Bucs. Um, can you talk a little bit just about A.Q. Shipley? And obviously, I know that him and Ryan shifted uh, positions, and I think that I think Ronald Jones's run was on the left side where he had the 98-yard run. I think where Ryan uh, was at guard. Can you talk about how important it is, obviously, that A, Ryan can play both positions and B, I mean, having a veteran like A.Q. Shipley, we know obviously uh, it looks like he's going to be out of football, which is really unfortunate. But can you talk about just how uh, uh, how it works with the, the offensive line and having the versatility in between switching and center and guard? 
Well, you know, because of Ryan's reality of uh, being a small school guy and a sixth round pick, diversity is absolutely key to being able to maintain a, a lengthy career in the NFL. And that's what Ryan learned his first, you know, five years with the Ravens. He was actually, Ship was actually there when Ryan arrived okay. know, in, his, in his rookie year. So he, he knows AQ. And uh, I think it was extremely important that, um, that, that Ship and, and Ryan can play multiple positions because it adds to your diversity. You could see um, how that helped the game and how that uh, was effective. You know, Ship's just the consummate professional and feel tremendously bad for him that uh, he's, he's going to have to step yeah. away from the game. But, you know, in all reality, uh, any interior lineman needs to be able to understand and execute at all three positions on the interior line to be valuable. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about the, on this show about how much this roster has really changed, you know, just this year. And we've kind of joked about how it really looks like a fantasy football team with all these big names and these really experienced veterans coming from these big championship winning teams. Did Ryan give you any indication on the atmosphere in the locker room and how that might have changed from last year with such a different roster to this year coming in with Tom Brady and Gronk and all these big names that are coming from different organizations? Yeah, you would think that that Ryan and I would spend quite a little bit of time talking about such things, but actually, you know, being more of a of a dad than a fan, obviously, um, you know, I don't really discuss a whole lot of those some of those intricacies, you know, the little bit that he that he shares with me. Yeah, the the confidence level and and expectation level uh, of the team is is, is mm -hmm. extremely high. Dean, you know, in your personal opinion, who do you think is actually calling the plays in the huddle? Is it Tom Brady? Is it Byron Leftwich? Is it Bruce Arians? Or is it a combination of all three? Because that's what the biggest debate is now in the in the past couple of days is who is actually calling the plays? Yeah. And, and, you know, I would think, and I don't know, because, again, that's one of those questions that I don't ask Ryan. Um, you know, part of that is just uh, – respecting the job that he does and, and not wanting to be too much of a conduit for, for information. But what I can tell you is this, is whatever personnel are put out there on the field, that's probably the smorgasbord, so to speak, that, that Brady has to choose from. You know, if he's checking out of plays, it's all about the personnel that's out there. Are they in 12 personnel? Are they in Kings? What are they in? And who's out on the field? So I'm sure that, you know, he's, he has that flexibility but he also has to do it based upon the personnel that's been sent out there. And last question I got for you, Dean, you know, after week 13 with the bye, prediction the rest of the way with the bucks, do you see them winning out and going to the playoffs or do you see them missing it and a collapse happening? Or do you see them going really deep in the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl? Don't be biased. Don't be biased. Now. Honestly, <laughs> no, I, I absolutely believe that what they are capable of absolutely is to go one and oh for four weeks, you know, and that's just the approach they're going to have to take. You know, the fans were always wired up, you know, well, we, you know, we got to win four games. Uh, no, you've got to win one at a time. And really what happens in each one of those games predicates what's necessary. You know, do I think they're capable of winning going four and oh? Yeah. Do they believe that? Yeah. 
they have to. Why play the game if you don't? It's very true. I like that philosophy. Well, Dean, thanks for coming on the show, man. We appreciate it. Dean is it's huge on social media, so make sure to go follow him on Twitter and also Facebook. Uh, he's a huge uh, Bucks fan, especially in the fan sites and everything. So thanks, Dean. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Dean. Thank you. You bet. Vote for our Pro Bowl guys and go Bucks. Go Bucks. <laughs> I like that philosophy. You're not yeah. going four and zero. You're going one and zero for four weeks. For four weeks. That should yeah. be like a mantra. Uh, that's UCF's <laughs> mantra. So should we have like a T-shirt? Like you're not going four and zero. You're winning. Oh, I like that. Be a hat too. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, not at all. Well, that's saying we gotta we gotta market this, guys. Come on now. <laughs> I I like it because that's literally UCF slogan. So I'm oh, a big here fan we of that. go. Here we go. <laughs> we go one and zero every week. That's our philosophy. Here we go. Sorry. I must say, you guys almost lost that game to USF. By the way, but we didn't. But you did. What you almost lost? I mean, how many yards did they put up against you? Like 580. Yeah, you know, that's the thing is, like, we win games by large margins, but, like, our <laughs> opponents score a lot of points. So, I mean, it is what it is, you know. Oh, my God. Better than grenades and horseshoes, man. Not <laughs> <laughs> I, I, well, wanted to, I wanted to get your thoughts, your your two thoughts on, on after week 13. Like, this team's got four winnable games. And after what we saw this past week with the Chiefs, do you, do you think it's – they're on a downward spiral, or do you think they can they can pick it back up and and go the rest of the way? Um, I okay. I think you brought up kind of a good point, just in general about the future. Um, I don't know who this team is, right? And I, I'm very confused at the inconsistency. What is the game plan? What was the game plan heading into the season? What is it now? And I don't know that they've quite figured it out. Um, because when I watch them, I feel like you know you have one week where you're you know, running the ball majority of the game. You have the next week where you're barely running the ball at all. You don't have a consistent offensive scheme week in and week out. And I get that you're that you're you're preparing for specific defenses and specific team matchups, but you should go into the into each game knowing who you are, right? And I think of teams like the Titans who really, really have that team identity. And I hate to give them props in anything. Say, but you you I know, love the Titans. I know I love on here. I loathe the Titans, but when you watch them play, you know exactly who they are. They know who they are, right? They have this really strong philosophy. They have they lean into their run game, obviously, with Derrick Henry, but they also know exactly what they're going to do if certain events happen, and they they stick to it, right? And they're not afraid to stick to their guns, run their plays, and, and usually it works out for them, right? And we've seen them kind of falter this season, but that's just what I wish the Bucs would do a little bit more. And you've got all these people on your team, and you've got – you know, some weeks they're running, they're running the heck out of Ronald Jones. And then the next week they're handing it off to Leonard Fournette every, every down. And it's like, I just don't quite know who they are. And every week it, I'm more confused. Right. And I, every week I think they're going to get it together and, and they they fix one thing week to week and then they, you know, screw up something else. Right. So they'll have like one part of their offense on lock or one part of their defense on lock. And then the next week they can't get it together, but they do fix you know, two other things that they couldn't get together the week before. So I just want to know who they are. And I don't see them figuring that out in the next five weeks. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Chip? I mean, I think that's the case. And it's kind of, it's kind of like a ship that's got a lot of little holes and you, you see one and you use your finger <laughs> and then another hole springs and you got to use your toe and then another hole goes yeah. and you got to bend down and you're just kind of like, you're hoping and you're praying, and hoping is not a tactic in the NFL. You don't hope to go out 
and beat the Super Bowl champs. You have to have a plan to execute, know what you're doing wrong, and then fix it. Now, like we've all said, that second half of the football game, we started to see improvement and, and you know, getting into the deeper part of the game, you saw some glimmers of, of what they need to do. Now, after the bye, unfortunately, they run into Dalvin Cook. So, <laughs> the time, I mean, the Bucs have been really great against the run. So we know that, I mean, your objective defensively should be, you know, and I don't know if you stop Dalvin Cook. I don't know if that's reasonable. You contain Dalvin Cook. You have a defensive strategy to contain him and then decide who you are offensively and where you can look at matchups. So you're going to look at Godwin. You're going to look at Evans. The Minnesota Vikings secondary is a wreck. It's a complete and total wreck. So you should have your receivers. You should be throwing the football down the field and making some plays and stop Dalvin Cook. So that's your offensive and defensive. Have it have executable goals. And like, you know, um, Dean said, you have to follow through and you got to execute those plays. Have a plan. If the plan's not working, put in another plan and then go back and look at it. If this team, and we don't think they know who they are, then it's bad coaching because we're too far into the season for anybody to be asking, who are you? What are you doing? Like this, we're way too far into that. So I believe that's coaching. Yeah. And that's interesting too, because you brought up Dalvin I'm going to deviate just for a second. Go ahead. Baseball Good question. Deviate. I think just I saw we had a, a Twitch con- baseball question from Dark Sage uh, from, from Twitch. So uh, Dark Sage, please ask your in- interesting baseball question before we move on. I, I would say this, you know, and Kaylee, you brought up a great point with, with the running thing. Like it, it, it's up and down, up and down. You, you're giving Rojo a lot of touches one week and then the next week you're not giving him anything. And then you're going to, to Fournette at the goal line. You're giving him two design run plays, which is the same exact thing. And he doesn't get in. So, like who is like I want to know who's calling those plays. If it's Tom Brady, then shame on you, Tom Brady, because that's the dumbest thing you could ever do. Like if it's if it's Byron Leftwich, then that's poor coaching right there. It's it's you, you're not relying on your back, who's third in the league in rushing right now. He's averaging I think over seven yards per carry. So why are we going back to Fournette, who's not who hasn't really done anything? Like it just it just it makes me frustrated that when you're not sticking to your guns and sticking to the actual game plan that. When it when it works, it works. We've seen it. When they rely on the run game, it works a lot. When they just kind of cut back and just kind of make Tom Brady throw it and air it out a lot of times, where I think his and we we've all seen it, his deep ball is not not getting anywhere, <laughs> and, the, and his wide receivers are looking over the shoulders. Like Mike Evans should be a bobblehead because he's looking everywhere <laughs> for that deep ball. Like making making Tom Brady throw it downfield is not working. Like quit trying to be flashy, quit trying to be. ESPN highlight do what they did in New England and then do dink and doink plays man do 10 15 yard dump passes here and there and let's let's get the job done instead of trying to be flashy and trying to be like the new age you know let's try let's stop trying to be the Kansas City Chiefs let's stop trying to be them because I think that's what the Bucks are trying to do because they've got so many weapons and it's almost like a it's almost like the Bucks are like a bizarro world version of the Chiefs they've got a great quarterback and they've got all these weapons in the world but it's like the execution is not the same. It's just bizarro time in Tampa right now. And that's a perfect way to put it because I do think when you look at, you look at Bruce Arians coaching style in general, and that is what it is, right? You air it out, you get it downfield, you get those big chunk plays. And when that works, you look like the Chiefs, right? Because you're you're getting in the end zone yeah. so much. It's hard for teams to catch up. It's hard for teams to, to stop the bleeding, right? And you, but when it doesn't work, you look like Tom Brady and the Buccaneers do right now, just getting three and outs almost every 
almost oh. every drive, right? And and I think that's that's the hard part because when you can't execute on those big chunk plays, those really, you know, dramatic deep balls, like you don't want to be an like you said, an ESPN highlight, but when you can't execute on that, you have to go toward efficiency, toward moving the ball down the field. Otherwise, you end up down 17 points in the first half, which we've seen time and time again this season where one week they look like a team that, you know, is going to be the next Kansas City Chiefs and the next week they can't beat the Chicago Bears. So right. it is, um, it's very, I, I see what what they're trying to do. And I, I say that lightly because I, I don't really, but I do see like knowing Bruce Arians and what his style is, knowing Tom Brady and what his goal is with this Tampa Bay experiment. Um, I do see what what the happy medium is there, but when you can't execute it, you just, it falls apart. And it falls apart quickly, and you get down very, very early, and they've had to climb their way back up. And when you look at 24-27, that looks like a close, exciting game. That's not how these games feel. These games feel very one-sided. They feel like the Chiefs were running away with it. You bring it back up. I mean, you're down three scores, and now you're trying to catch up. But for all intents and purposes, knowing the Chiefs are really in control of this game, it's almost garbage time, right? So it it is like – it just feels – I don't know. It just feels inevitable that we're just not going to, they're just not going to get there. And that's, that sucks to say, because it would be really fun to see this offense and this team in general with everyone they have really click, because can you imagine like if they figure it out and can execute on what they're trying to do week in and week out? I mean, it'd be hard to stop, but you know, so I think he sent him. Yeah. It's going in. And it's it, it's a it's a whopper. It's a whopper. It's a baseball question. Oh my gosh! Whoa. It covers Evan's face. Whoa! I've yeah, it covers <laughs> my face. I've heard so many stories of the Rays moving to Montreal. Possibly, here, I'm going to take this off real quick. I'll read them from the chat. Okay. Um, I've heard uh, so many stories from the Rays moving to Montreal. Possibly even splitting their season between Montreal and Tampa Bay. I feel this if this happens, it is baseball's way of saying we are sorry we tried in Tampa, but it's not going to work. My question is: If the Rays do move part time to Montreal, can you see? other small market teams being in danger of having the same thing happen to them if their franchises struggle like the Rays. Well, there is, there's only really a couple other small market teams that are struggling, and that's the A's. I mean, Oakland's the other small market team that struggles a lot. Um, other than that, not so much. I, do I think the Montreal-Tampa Bay split time thing will happen? I hope not. I think with COVID hitting it, it, it impacts everything, especially with a team trying to make this thing happen, especially when it comes to revenue. Um, I, I would say, you know, the Rays are pioneers in a lot of things when it comes to shaking the baseball world up. Um, so if it, if this does happen, which I hardly, I, I doubt, um, you know, you could, you could possibly see it happening. You could see teams saying, Hey, it worked for the Rays or splitting time between two cities. Let's maybe try for our team. But that, has to come with teams that are small market. And the, really the only other small market team that comes to mind is, you know, the Oakland athletics and they've been threatening to move for the past 20 years or so. So, you know, I actually it is what really, it is. It is what it is with the Rays. I mean, they're going to be trading Blake, Blake yeah. Snell pretty soon anyway. So whatever. I actually really like this. Um, I'm going to, I know this is a bad take, I think, but I really like this idea because when you think about baseball, there's a lot of games, right? There's a lot of inventory to sell in the way of tickets and merchandise and really attention. Um, so it would be cool, I think. And I, I'm coming from a purely like marketing and just sports in general fan. But I do think it would be cool to split time and do maybe half of a season in a market that is craving baseball, right? Like in a market that doesn't have a major league baseball team that would really crave that and have 
50% inventory to sell in two cities than have 100% inventory to sell in a market that's not really working out. So I do think that'd be really cool. Um, and I think we're going to see it a little bit. Um, you know, it's not not that they're comparable leagues, but obviously we've got the Raptors coming to Tampa Bay to play part or all of their next season due to restrictions of COVID in Canada. But that could be a really cool experiment where MLB can look to them and say, is this going to work? Because Tampa is a market where in general sports are, you know, pretty popular overall. I, I know the Rays are struggling, but that also has to do with location and, and access and things like that. But, you know, this is a team that, or this is a city that has a lot of basketball interest. But when you look at Miami and Orlando, it's not necessarily worth making the trip for a single game. But if the Raptors do really well in Tampa, I mean, that's, a case study in itself to say, like, could we take these small market teams in baseball, split them, and really drive up interest in areas that haven't had Major League Baseball? Because I think it'd be really cool in general. And then, you know, I mean, if Rays fans don't pack the stadium, then does it matter anyways? Like, do they really care if they're just going to watch most of the games on television? I mean, then at least they would know, like, hey, for these 50% of the games, we really can go in and like show out and have a good time as opposed to being like, Oh, well, we'll just go to the next week's game where, yep. you know, we have plenty of time. I, I like that. I mean, from a, a marketing standpoint, I mean, I definitely agree. It sounds like it could garner interest. I think COVID though, unfortunately, a lot of the salary caps in most of the professional sports are going to go backwards. There wasn't a lot of, you know, or expected revenue numbers. You didn't have a minor league season. You had a lot of guys that, um, you know, are probably going to drop out of baseball. So I don't know if the experiment would happen or they do it this year. Um, but in the up and coming, I mean, in the next two or three years, if things obviously don't change, um, maybe you see something like that. But I don't know. There's a a world of legalities around all that. The land, obviously, the stadiums, um, things like that that have to go through. Um, so there'd be a world of legalities. I don't know if it would happen next year, but maybe in a couple of years, probably see. Maybe yeah, I, I agree. Cause I think with COVID, it kind of puts everything on like hiatus and stalling out, especially trying to bring in new areas for teams. I know Nashville was one of the new areas for baseball, Charlotte, um, you know, Sean Maletto said that why isn't there one in Louisiana? So there's definitely a draw for those smaller market teams, but now since COVID has really impacted everything, you're not going to see it for a while. So, uh, when it comes to the Montreal Tampa Bay split, it's it's probably not going to happen. Maybe not next year, but maybe the, I, I, it's it's just it's frustrating when it comes to the Rays because they have an owner that doesn't want to like open up the checkbook and like help the team out. It's just you know because when it comes to TV ratings, people watch the Rays. They're they're one yeah. of the biggest draws on on TV. So you know it's just we have an owner that doesn't want to put the money in and like say, Hey, you know, I will give you this much money to move this stadium over on the other side of the bridge and into Tampa Bay. That's what they need to do because they will be around the lightning and the bucks. And you know what? I mean, the Toronto rappers, Raptors are coming down and playing in Emily. So you have another big draw too there as well. Obviously they probably won't be around when a new stadium gets built over on the other side of the bridge. But if you, if you are an owner of that franchise, you should say, okay, I'm going to pony up this type of money. We're going to get a stadium done by this day because they've only got a few years left before they're done in St. Pete and their lease. This, yeah. Then they're like up in the air. Okay. They're, yeah, their lease is done and they're going to be like, okay, yeah. well, we're either going to stay or we're getting out of here. And that's what a lot of people are just, you know, they, they want to know. They don't want to be toyed around like they have been for the past 10 years. They want to be like, okay, we want to have something in place. We want a definitive answer from you. What are you going to do with this team? 
We don't want any of this back and forth stuff. We don't want any of these stupid plans that you've been making for the past 10 years. Oh, we're, we're going to build a stadium in Ybor City. Oh, we're going to build a stadium here. We're going to build a stadium there. Oh, now we're doing the split season in Montreal. It's like, give us an answer, Stu, and then stick to it, and then pony up more than the, the, the $250 million that you were going to try and pony up for the Ybor site. It's frustrating. It's very Wow, I've got an attention on this. Wow, it's look at you go right now. Huffing out, puffing out, kill the house down. That was a good question. It got you really worked up. I know. I like it. Thanks, we Dark. Love- thanks, Dark Sage, our Twitch yeah. uh, Twitch follower. Thank you. We love Appreciate that. <laughs> let's hit on uh let's hit on the upcoming games again. Obviously, Chip, you mentioned Dalvin Cook um yeah. coming up. Tyreek Hill, obviously, I mean, demolished this Buccaneers wow. defense. 269 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. I think he had like 13 receptions. So, you know, one of his career games, obviously, and we're looking forward to a few different real weapons on these upcoming matchups that could provide the same kind of, maybe not quite to that level, but the same kind of attack. We've seen Dalvin have some big games this year. What does this defense need to do specifically? We've talked a lot about the offense. Um, they've got a lot to work on, but the defense also is a is a side of the ball that really needs to step it up coming into matchups with with Dalvin Cook and with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, it's easy to laugh at, but they just pretty much destroyed the Raiders. So we should really yeah. take these two games seriously as well. I mean, what does the defense need to do in this bye week to really, you know, not go zero and four? I think it starts, obviously, we've known the defensive backfield has some issues, and we all went into this game, and I'm kind of, I'm laughing about it now because, you know, what did everybody think was going to happen when the Chiefs came to town? Poor Carlton Davis. Yeah, I'm kind of looking back on it, and I'm kind of like, Super Bowl champs, they got like five options. I mean, what what did we think? So, um but the defensive, obviously, the cornerbacks, you know, a lot of times uh, we've said it before, young corners, uh, bunting, you're looking in, you know, to the backfield, you get caught on a double move or your safeties aren't shifting over to provide help fast enough. So there's just a ton, there's a ton of things, but, you know, just, you know, execute on your schemes, execute on your defensive plan. If you're going to sell out to stop Dalvin Cook, that means you're going to give maybe part of the field to an Adam Thielen or a Justin Jefferson. Or maybe if you're going to go down the middle, you have a Kyle Rudolph or an Irv Smith Jr. So they got, they have some weapons. So you're going to have to figure out uh, how you want to execute that. But just don't get caught looking in the backfield if you're a corner. Don't let people run by you. It's not good. It's tough to catch NFL wide receivers. They're typically pretty fast. So. Um, you know, they're going to learn every week and, and hopefully the DBs and, and, and safeties, everybody got into a room and said, okay, this is what we don't need to do again. So we're don't do this again. And then we'll just get better from here. I don't know how he still has a job after that. <laughs> like, well, to- I mean- like I would like destroyed, like torched torched is like, like another word. Like that was Tyreek Hill is a very fast human being. He's a very I mean, fast human being. That's yeah. true. I mean, <laughs> so, coming up, like you, like they're coming up with a team that's got Adam Thielen and then Justin Jefferson, who has clearly he's now a budding star in that in this league. I think yeah. going into the Minnesota game, it all depends on you're going to game plan to make Kirk Cousins make plays. You have to make yes. him make stupid plays because if you yeah. get the Kirk Cousins 
and you get to him a lot, he's going to make stupid mistakes, which we've seen Kirk Cousins do a lot this year. And that's that should be your priority number one. You should be stacking the box, and you need to be blitzing and blitzing and putting so much pressure on him, he's going to throw like eight interceptions, which will never happen. But you need to have him rely on his run game, which I, hopefully the Bucks can stop Dalvin Cook. And we've seen we've seen the we've seen the Bucks like stop good running backs. Oh yeah, we've seen that with contain them. them stopping. Yeah, stop. they can. can contain well, yeah, contain them. But like when it comes to teams that have good or great wide receivers this year. It's another story, and like these day. two guys, that it's a lot. Yeah, it's a very long day, and yeah. and then you know coming coming up with this the with Thielen and, and Jefferson, it's like okay, man, here we go again. It's like we're, we may get torched in the secondary. So I think the game plan they got to get the Kirk Cousins. They got to get hit to him a lot and make him make stupid mistakes, which is possible, obviously. As yes, Sam. <laughs> Sammer, that's uh, that's all about clicks, man. It's clickbait, bro. That's it's stuff to talk about. It's it's a hypothetical situation, <laughs> Sammer. You should know about this with your your podcast, Loose Cannons. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> all right. Any any final thoughts? Oh, it's going to be. I think the the best the best thing we heard out tonight, or what I loved, is 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 Ryan Jensen's father saying, "You need to go one and zero for four weeks. The Bucks really need to get into a room." Get a plan together and execute on that plan, and it's going to be different every week. Focus on your goals and what you have to accomplish as a team. No blames, not on the offense, not on the defense, not on special teams. Everybody get in the same move, and let's move to the same beat of the drum, dude. Everybody, same marching orders. Go execute. Do do your jobs. Yeah, I would say you know going into Minnesota just. Yeah, man. I hope so, man. I, I really. I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love I well I I think they'll I think they'll win against Minnesota. I just I hope they do. I, I like Dean said, you know, you're playing four games for four I'm weeks. Sorry. So you're going one to know for four weeks. That's a great great thing to live by. I I I think going the rest of the way, they'll go three and one. They'll lose maybe one of those games. So they'll go three and one. That's all. Okay. I That's and make sure to go to Geology Caffeine thirty percent off your order. Make sure you go there. Bam. Yeah, I'm not wearing any makeup right now, and so, I've been using yeah. geology. So, they, I have been, I've been using geology too as well. The bags under my eyes have gone away. I look refreshed in the morning. So, yeah, that's great. good. That's good. Chip, Thank you. you. You got? Do you have yours yet? I need oh, to. Uh, did you not get it? Get my? Well, no, I think I didn't execute the uh, code properly. So it's a link. That, you just click the link and you shop. I think the link that I got was expired. <laughs> I didn't look at it. Oh. I didn't click it. I wasn't here when it when it got sent and I ignored it for like 10 days and I think the link expired. <laughs> but I'm going to need that because we all know tomorrow I'm getting one one year older, unfortunately. So I need to pick that stuff up. Yes. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you, buddy. Thank yes, you. Thank birthday. you. I appreciate it. I won't make you listen to me sing, but um, <laughs> just know I'm singing to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Wow, this is happy birthday to you. That was beautiful. That was such a I hadn't been serenaded in, in 40 years. That was the first one. Thank you. <laughs> that, that's our clip of the week. <laughs> it is, it is. Thank you to everyone who tuned in in the comments. If there's anything you want to hear from us next week, please add us on Twitter at play the bay at 
TB and on Facebook at Play the Bay 2020. And we will catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Play the Bay. We'll be back again with another episode on the Believe Podcasting Network. If interested in advertising, please contact Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.